Amen. And we have come to worship. I pray that this week, as you've prepared your heart to be here today, that you spent time in prayer, you spent time in fasting, spent time seeking the Lord, uh, that this truly would be a day of repentance and renewal and refreshing and refocusing and revival in your hearts. Uh, we're excited today to have Dr. Miles Dowdy with us and his wife Cindy. Uh, Dr. Dowdy and Miss Cindy are like uh, second parents to me. They've known me since I was this little, and they used to babysit me when I was a, a little baby. And so uh, I love them dearly. Uh, they are, are great uh, people, great followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, great friends to me and to my family. Uh, Dr. Dowdy has served most recently for about 20 years at the First Baptist Church of Brandon, uh, but he has now uh, become part of the staff of the Florida Baptist Convention, uh, and he is the catalyst for missions and ministry with the Florida Baptist Convention, and so uh, when we together as Florida Baptist churches cooperate to do missions like uh, in Haiti and in Cuba and in uh, Quebec and other, I mean, Montreal and other places around uh, the world, when we are gathering together to do work uh, across our state uh, with disaster relief and all those sorts of things. Dr. Dowdy is over all of those things, and so he has a tremendously important job, uh, and uh, he's doing fantastic at it, and we're excited for him to be here today uh, to bring a word from the Lord to us. So, Dr. Dowdy, I want you all welcome him here. Cindy and I have been looking forward to this time of being able to be with you, and it's our joy to be with you today to celebrate, to study God's Word. Actually, I've come on Wednesday nights, and I've eaten in this room, and now I get to feed upon the Word in this room. And so this is a great time to come together as a church family, and for a, a time of revival, for a time of renewing that needs to take place within life. And I thank God that we have a God that loves us and cares for us, and has brought us together for one reason and only one reason today that you are gathered here, and that's to worship and that's to praise Him. I mean, you're not here by chance. You're not here just because you come week after week after week. God has brought you into this place of worship to hear His Word, to hear from Him. And so this morning, that's exactly what we want to take place. And I'll tell you, every time you hear from God, it is a renewing, it's a refreshing, it's a revival that takes place. And so we want there to be a revival that takes place as you focus in on God's Word today. Uh, let me just share some greetings uh, because what an amazing church you have. I'm going to tell you something that you already know. You have an amazing staff, don't you? Amen. 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 I, I just like repeating that because that doesn't happen to every church I go into. But let me just say it one more time. You have an amazing staff. And I thank God for this staff and how they lead you as a church family. Because I know one of your passions is missions and ministry. Whether it be Mexico, whether it be New Orleans, or whether it be your community right around you, God has given you a passion for missions. And that doesn't just happen. That's a God thing that takes place with God direction. And I'm thankful for your staff as they lead you within that. I'm also thankful as I come to share with you that, you know, I, I think about who God is, and uh, I'm just thankful to Him. I'm thankful for who He is and the love that He has for us. For when you think about God, there's so much to thank Him for. I mean, stop and think about 
who he is. Think about his characteristics. Think about the qualities that he possessed. God put it this way. If you want one word to describe who I am, that word that you can use is love. Now, we could just camp out right there for the rest of the day. Thinking about God's, aren't you thankful that God is a God of love? I mean, how he manifests that, how he demonstrates that to you on a daily basis. God loves you. He's crazy about you. And he proves that every single moment of every single day. I also think about God, that God is patient. God is kind. God is so generous. I think about his qualities of of his order and structure. I I go back to Genesis chapter 1, I see this God of order and structure. And I'm thankful for that, that God is the same today as he was yesterday, and the same he will be forever and forever. Because you see, we're not the same. We mess up. We, We do things wrong within life. We love to sing praises unto God. God, we love you. Man, we want to do it all day long. Love you with all our hearts. But God, we mess up from time to time. And yet God is the same and he's consistent and his love is there and his forgiveness is there. And I love that about God is that he is the same. He is unchanging. I love the fact that he gives us this word. And in this word you see great detail. You see the big picture and you can see the the small picture. God loves you that much. He wants you going in the right direction. He wants a renewal and a revival taking place daily within your life. Let me give you an example of that. Our purpose verse, the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, it gives us our purpose that we're to live out every single day. You and I have the same purpose every single day. We're to go into the world making disciples. That means we're to share with our world, the people that we come in contact, the love of Jesus Christ, the story of Jesus Christ, the message of Jesus Christ. We're to share that and we're to live that out. That is the great commission that is our purpose here on planet Earth. And yet God gives us that big picture, but he also gives us the small detail that goes with it. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus is speaking. He says, let me tell you what you're to do. You're to go to your Jerusalem, your Judea, your Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, sharing with others the love that I have for them. I want you to hear that, church. I don't want you to lose this point. Your ministry begins in Jerusalem. That's where your ministry If you want a revival to take place, you can go to the ends of the earth, but that's not where revival is going to take place. Revival starts within your Jerusalem. Say, well, what what does Jesus mean by that? Your Jerusalem is your family. If if you're married, it's it's that marriage. It's the husband and wife. It's it's the family where your Jerusalem is located. And what God desires for you to do is be real within your Jerusalem. You can go to the ends of the earth sharing the message of Jesus Christ and be real with the people that you encounter. But I tell you what, you're just a phony if you're not being real within your Jerusalem. God desires for you to start that revival in your Jerusalem, that renewing in your Jerusalem. To start within your family, and then it goes to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's this family right here. You get to come together. You get to you know, celebrate in the revival that God has for you as a church week after week and day after day as you come together carrying out his purpose. You know, I don't know what your need is today as you come into this place of worship. But I know God knows exactly what your need is. 
I, I take great comfort and great peace in knowing this. That God brought you here to hear the word that we're getting ready to speak right now. So that you can hear this and you can make application because you have a need within your life. Because God knows the needs of our life. And where he is directing us today is in the Old Testament uh, book, Exodus chapter 14. Just going to read one verse, but I'm going to ask you if you will, just stand with me as we read from God's word. Because we love this word so much and we respect this word. Exodus chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. And then I'll talk about the surrounding verses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel, Go forward, go forward, go forward. Thank you. You can be seated. No matter what your need is today, this passage speaks to that need. It speaks to the direction that you need to be traveling today. If you want revival to take place, and you've been praying for revival to take place... I'm telling you, the direction that revival takes place is as we go forward. In other words, as we draw closer to who God is. You see, that's what God wants to do. He wants you to draw closer to Him. That is the desire. And not only that, but He gives us the pathway. He gives us the instructions and the way to do that. God desires that you draw closer to Him. For when you draw closer to Him, there is that renewing that takes place and that revival that takes place. That's what we're designed to do. We are designed to draw closer to God, to move forward. One of the great truths that I've learned within life is that life is about relationships. Now that may sound very simple, but I want you to ponder that just for a minute because this word is filled with that truth right here. From the very beginning, when God creates in Genesis, it's all about a relationship that we can have with him. As you look at the prophets and the kings, it's all so that we can have a relationship with him. We know about Jesus, don't we? It's all about loving Jesus as Savior and Lord so that we can have a relationship with God. You see, life is about relationship. In my years of being a professional counselor, one of the things I learned is this great truth is that if you're not moving forward within a relationship, the relationship is going to create pain and heartache within your life. You are designed by God this day to move forward in a relationship with Him. But also you are designed by God this day to move forward within a marriage relationship, to move forward within a family relationship, to move forward with your friends, to move forward with your church family, that's the direction that God wants to take you this day. And one of the things I've learned is people would come, they sit in my office, and as they would begin saying, you know, Dr. Daly, this is not where we wanted to be. You know, but we tried everything else, and we thought we'd come and sit in your office. You know, I don't love her anymore. I, I, I don't love him anymore. I don't want to be with her anymore. I don't want to be with him anymore. I don't want to be in this family anymore. See, this truth that God gives us, that life is about relationships and that we're to move forward, we have an enemy that works against us. An enemy that says it's okay to stand still within relationships. It's okay to be complacent within relationships. You want revival to take place within your life? It's moving forward within the relationships that God has given you. Because I'll tell you this, when you stand still in a relationship, 
you're only one step away from moving backwards in that relationship, and that is what's going to happen. You start moving backwards in that relationship, and the world will, will come around you, and the world will separate you and pull you apart. You go against an enemy as a child of God, and Jesus said these words, He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Every single day, the abundance within those relationships. I, I want you to realize that there's an avenue that God gives you to be successful, to, for that renewing to take place, for you to have victory. Every single day that, of life that God has given you on this planet is made so that you can have victory. Now, please hear me. I didn't say it was to be easy. I didn't say troubles and tribulations wouldn't come your way. But every single day that God has you on planet Earth is so that you can enjoy his victory, be a part of the celebration. And you need that within your relationships because you have an enemy that's fighting against you. And so God gives you avenues of how to do that. That's one of the things I love about God, these avenues that he gives us. And, you know, as you look at this passage, I'm just going to talk about some of those different avenues that God gives you to be successful within relationships. And, and understand, we all need this within life. Within this passage, let me give you the, the background of what's taking place. The children of Israel have been in the land of Egypt for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They have been slaves in the land, but God has come to set them free. And as you read the story of Exodus, there were ten plagues that took place, and finally Pharaoh said, just get away. I don't want the children of Israel anymore. You know, my nation is being impacted in a negative way. Just, just leave. Go worship your God. Get out of the land of Egypt. So the children of Israel are out in the wilderness, and they are worshiping and praising God. How would you like to have been a part of that worship service? Been in slavery all that time. They have been set free to worship God. Man, they're just praising God. They're singing every praise song they know. You know, they're just celebrating. They're thanking God. And then life happens. They look to the back, and they look that direction, and they see the Egyptian army coming after them. And they look this direction, and before them is just a large body of water. The Red Sea is before them. They have no way out. No way they can escape this. The Egyptian army is coming. They've got their swords and their spears, and the water is before them. What do you do? There had been that time within your life you just felt surrounded. There was no way out, no escape. What do you do at a time like that? You continue to go forward is what the Word of God says. You go forward within the relationship because I'll tell you what God's going to do at a time like that. He's going to give you a word of encouragement that you're going to need. He's going to give you a word that will bring peace and comfort and to your soul. You're going to need that at that time because there have been times within all our lives, and you may be living one of those times right now, that just looks like no way out, that the enemy is closing in and there's no escape, and you're throwing your hands up to God and saying, God, what do I do? Where, where do I go? And God is always ready to share with you if you'll just listen. I think one of the great mistakes that we make as Christians is that we don't listen to God and we don't listen to the encouragement of God's Holy Spirit that he gives us. You see, one of the things that God's Holy Spirit will do is he will come along and say, I know it looks hopeless, but just trust and believe. God always makes a way. 
Just believe and trust. The Holy Spirit will come along when it looks impossible and say, you can do this. And he definitely does that within the relationships that we're in. For there are times we struggle within our walk with God and the Holy Spirit just wraps his arms around us and says, come on, I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want you to see where God is taking you. Because we don't always understand where God's taking you. But he says, look, it's the promised land. I'm going to take you on over to the promised land. That's where we're walking to. And so I, I need that encouragement. If you're here today, and that encouragement that the Holy Spirit gives you, you're not receiving it on a daily basis. It's being drowned out by this world. There needs to be a revival that takes place right now. This is your word right here. Is you need to pray and say, God, man, that's what I need. You know, when I'm around my friends, I'm around my coworkers, I'm around my neighbors, I'm around my family, and nobody gives me the encouragement that I need. I just I feel so empty on the inside. It's like I'm in a crowded room and I'm all alone. I want you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he gives the encouragement and says, hey, i got a great purpose and a great plan. You're an amazing child of God. Come on, let's go do what God wants us to do. I mean, that's the word of encouragement that you need. We have not because we ask not. A lot of times we ask not because we refuse to receive it. The Holy Spirit wants to give that to you this day and every day. And I'll tell you what, if you do that, that's revival. That's revival, allowing the Holy Spirit to encourage you. I mean, you can get excited, you can clap, you can jump up and down. It will not renew your heart, though. But you allow the Holy Spirit to touch you, to speak to your heart. I'm telling you, the renewing that will take place. If you're here today, that may be your word from this passage right here. You need need to pray and say, God, man, I, I need that encouragement. I need to... Open up not just my ears, but God, I need to open up my heart to that encouragement. You know, I I look at this. We all need it because we live within relationships. And relationships aren't always the most encouraging that they need to be. Actually, if you look at this passage, the children of Israel are complaining now. They see the Egyptians that are coming. They see the water before them. Remember, they were praising God before, but all of a sudden the day has changed. And now they are complaining. You ever had a good day in your life and it ended up being a bad day in your life? It happens, okay? And and I I look at this event and they begin complaining to Moses and they say, Moses, you should have just left us in the land of Egypt. We could have just died in the land of Egypt instead of being out here in the wilderness. Moses, you should have just left us alone. Instead of worshiping God out here in the wilderness, we could have been worshiping Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. And they didn't want to hear anything, and they were complaining. And there are going to be times within relationships that you're going to encounter somebody that's negative. What do you do when you encounter somebody negative? You give them the word of God and allow it to be an encouragement within their life. You see, that's what Moses is going to do. And the reason that Moses is able to do that is because if we read the whole passage, the whole chapter today, in the very beginning, God has already come to Moses. And he says, hey, Moses, you're going to need this word. I'm going to encourage you. Let me tell you what's getting ready to happen. The army's coming after you. It's going to look impossible, but I've got a way. I've got a a way out. Just trust me on that. So Moses has already received this encouragement from God, and so what Moses is going to do is give encouragement to the people. He's going to give them a word from God. Let me tell you why you need to receive encouragement. First of all, you need to do that for revival to take place. 
You need to do that and be the child that God wants you to be. But second of all, because you've got to give it away. Not your type of encouragement that's going to be there for an hour and then fade away, but the encouragement that comes from God that never fades away. You're the instrument of that. So you may be sitting here today, and that may be your word that you're sitting here. Maybe God has given you that encouragement, and yet you're not sharing it with those that you encounter. You're not sharing it with a spouse. You're not sharing it with children. You're not sharing it with co-workers. You're not sharing it with your neighbors. You're not even sharing it with your church family. You are made to be a source of encouragement. Won't you make a commitment this morning to be who God's called you to be? I, I look at this, and we need a word of encouragement, but also there's this thing called a word of comfort. I mean, you're created to give a word of, of encouragement, but you're also created to give a word of comfort. Why does God do that? Because he knows the world that you live in. It's a broken world. It's a world that has so much dysfunction within it. And the relationship sometimes will look like the world. And so what God desires is to give you comfort and an unshakable peace that comes from him. Let me go back to the scripture. Look at verse 13, and let me just read this verse to you. Because you talk about a word of comfort. The children of Israel needed it. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he has accomplished for you today. Not tomorrow, but today. That's how God does things. For the Egyptian army who, who you see today, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. I want you to get this picture of what God wants to do in your life this day. God wants to give you that word of encouragement. Keep on going, keep on going. God wants to use you to pass on that encouragement to your staff, to to your neighbor. He, He just does that. God also wants you to know that he wants you to have an unshakable peace. One of the things that defeats us as children of God and everybody in this room will be defeated by it this week, is fear and anxiety. You know, what's going to happen this week? What's going to happen with this? What, 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 what's fear and anxiety? And, and the amazing study in the world of psychology, 75% of the things that we fear about and have anxiety about, they never happen. They never happen. And yet, it consumes us. I, you know, as Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mountain, Mount, longest recorded sermon that we have Jesus speaking, He gets near the end and he says, hey, you're not listening to me. You're so consumed by your anxiety and your worries. That's what happens within life, that we don't hear this truth because the anxieties and worries, they begin choking out the truth. And you can imagine the Israelites, Moses is repeating this word to them, but some of them are not hearing it because they're looking that direction at the army, and they're also looking for an escape, and they don't even hear this word of comfort. And so God not only gives the word, but he shows and demonstrates his word. I, I want you to know that you need to receive the word of comfort within your life. You need to receive that. You need to open up your hearts and say, God, that's what I need this day. Man, I, I'm going through a time of illness, going through a time, or somebody that I love is going through that. God, financially, I just don't know what's going on. I mean, I've been sitting here listening to this sermon, but really been thinking about how I'm going to pay all the bills. 
God, you know the relationships I'm in, and, and I, I've been trying to think about that, and even though he's preaching about relationships and revival, I'm just confused, God. God wants to give you comfort. Because one of the things that God does is when he wraps his arms around you, he gets you to focus on who he is. And so many times we are so caught up with what's going on around us that we never look to the source of comfort. And God just does this. He says, look at me. Stay focused on me. I want you to know everything's going to be all right. Do you trust me on that? I think of it this way. You know, God has a place prepared for us as his children, a place called heaven. And we are going to be there forever and forever and forever. Okay, you can get excited about that. I mean, that's, that's a forever place. I mean, a, a place for heaven. Do you believe that God has all things prepared for us in heaven? Everything's prepared for us in heaven. Everything's taken care of in heaven. And we believe that. We preach that. We teach that. And we say sometimes to God when we're talking, yeah, I know, when I get to heaven, everything's taken care of and everything's prepared for. But we get so lost in today that we've got a God that has prepared eternity for us and we don't think he can take care of today. And we don't think God can take care of this week. And we don't think God can take care of the next 20 or 40 or 60 years of life. And he's going to take care of forever. Where is that faith that just receiving this word of comfort that God gives and says, it's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be there for you. Not only that, but I'm going to fight this battle for you. And I love that about God. Just, Just be quiet and let me fight this battle. Oh, you need a word of comfort today? It's here. But also you need to be an agent of comfort because we live within a world that's hurting and in pain. We live within a world of turmoil, and you are the agents that God's going to use. You're the people that God's going to use to bring comfort to a lost and dying world. Revival is when we embrace that. Let me also share with you one last thing as we close today. This is the word of salvation. I mean, this whole word is a word of salvation. The passage that we looked at, Israel needed salvation to take place. Israel looked at the army behind them, looked at the water before them, but God already had it taken care of. And you know, the story is that God had Moses stand before the water. The waters parted. The the Israelites, if they were going to be saved, they had to walk across between the waters and over onto dry land. Can you imagine that walk? Can, can you imagine a walk of salvation that way? Looking behind you, seeing an enemy, seeing, seeing spears and swords and all that kind of stuff, then looking at the problem, just watching the water as it separated. And, and did you hear that? They walked on not wet land, they walked on dry land. Across. I mean, they, they crossed it. They could look at the water. Their salvation was going where God wanted them to go, to the other side. You know, and I think about that, like, man, isn't that neat? And yet that's what God has done for us, is he's given us that way of salvation for everyone in here. For if you want revival, it begins with salvation. And if you want revival... It begins and and, and stays within that concept of loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, loving who God's created you to be, and being able to love others unconditionally. Let let me put it this way. I mean, I love talking about my wife, Cindy, uh, but 
On August the 9th, 1980, we were married, okay? We stood in a place very similar, you know, at, a, at the altar, had a preacher before us, and you kind of know, you've, you've been there, you've seen the, seen the movies. So we're, we're standing there, and we've had some singing going on, and the preacher doesn't look at me after the end of the singing and saying, okay, you're husband and wife now. He doesn't do that. He looks at me after all that goes on. He says, okay, Miles, now we're going to enter into a time of covenants are going to be made, vows are going to be made, and a covenant will be established, okay? So I repeated my vows, you know, to send it. The preacher didn't look at me at that time and said, hey, congratulations, now you're married. Because it takes two people to make a covenant. He then turned to Cindy and he says, okay, Cindy. And Cindy repeated her vows to me. And when she finished repeating the vows, the minister said, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I now pronounce you husband and wife. You can kiss your bride. I like that. Okay? <laughs> I like that. I mean, think about what took place. Two people standing up there repeating vows. That's the only way that a marriage, a covenant marriage, takes place when two people repeat their vows to one another. One could do it all day long, not a marriage. It takes two. I want you to hear this. Jesus has already repeated his vows to you. He is at the altar, and he has repeated those vows to you. He says, I I want you to come to to be my child forever and forever. I want you to know I left the portals of glory for you because I love you. I want you to know that, uh, you know, my death on the cross was for your sin because I love you. I want you to know when they placed me in the tomb, the victory over the tomb was all for you because I love you. What I did was all about my love for you. So he's done that. He's repeated his vows. And you know, it takes two people to make a relationship. And you can come to church from the time that you're born to the time that you die and never repeat vows. You're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Your parents cannot repeat the vows for you. My parents couldn't come up and say, hey, Miles, let me repeat your vows for you. No, I had to do that. And so there's got to be that time within your life that you repeat your vows because Jesus knows who has repeated vows to him, believe me. He knows who has said the vows. And so there's got to come that time in your life and you say, Jesus, that's exactly what I want to do. Because it's a way of salvation. I want you to think, what would have happened to the Israelites if they would have just said, hey, I'm not walking across there. Because that water can come across. And I, I, just, I want to just stay right here on this side. What would have happened? Death and destruction. Salvation would not have been granted on that side. Salvation was granted on the other side. You can't make up the rules of salvation. God's already said this is the way. There's one way, and it's through my son, Jesus Christ. He's repeated his vows to you. It's time for you to repeat your vows to him. So if you've never done that, in just a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to repeat your vows. To repeat your vows to Jesus, to take him as the savior of your life. Why? Because there's a place called heaven that awaits. You realize that God brought them from that point to this point in order to get them to the promised land. You know, I don't understand, child of God, why we go through all the things that we go through sometimes, but I do know this. I know the direction. God takes us through what we go through in order to get to the promised land. 
Sometimes we throw our hands up. Sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we complain. But I'm telling you, God always moves forward within relationships. And so the question is today, are you willing to move forward? Are you willing to be that person of encouragement? I tell you what, you do that, and you, you're that person, people will continue to flock to this church. They love being around people that are encouraging. You give comfort? Oh, my word. You know, people will come because they want that word of comfort. You share about the plan of salvation and change their eternities by God's grace? Watch what will take place. That is revival. So we come to this point, and as we come to the close of this service, an invitation time where you've got to make some decisions because God did not bring you here by mistake. To be that encourager, to give out that encouragement, to receive that comfort, to give out that comfort, to receive that salvation, and to share that salvation. I'm excited about my salvation. You know, the children of Israel would set up stones on this side to remember that forever, what took place. I want you to know, as a child of God, man, I celebrate my salvation. Because my salvation isn't just a one-time event in the sense that when I receive Jesus Christ as Lord, it's an ongoing event. In other words, I say my vows once, but I am living in that relationship. My marriage vows, I repeated once at an altar, but I enjoy the marriage relationship every single day. I'm enjoying the salvation that God has given me because today is a day of salvation. And I want God to fight the battles for me. Stop fighting them yourselves. Let God do that. I'm going to ask you, if you will, just to stand with me, every head bowed, every eye closed. As I said earlier, I don't know what your need is, but I know this word has spoken to you because that's what God's word does. Your ministers are up front, and uh, some of the decisions that need to be made right now, you need some boldness. You just need to come to this altar. You need to talk with your ministers. You need to say, God is working in my life in this way. For the majority of you in here, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that encouragement and that comfort, man, you grab a hold of that concept. Change the world with that concept. Change your family. Change your marriage with that concept. Won't you embrace that? Today is a day of salvation. Won't you celebrate within that? If you're here today, you've never repeated your vows. I mean, you've come to church a lot. Other people think you have repeated your vows. But you know in your heart you've never repeated your vows to Jesus. In the stillness of this moment, won't you repeat your vows? Just say, dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. And I know that there's only one way of salvation. And that's through you, Jesus. I know that you died for my sins. So I come to ask for forgiveness of my sins and to make you the Savior of my life and the Lord of my life forever and forever. Nobody's looking around. If you just repeated those vows for the very first time in your life, I want to celebrate with you. I'm going to ask you to do something really bold right now. If you just repeat those vows for the very first time, don't be ashamed. I'm just going to ask you, if you will, just raise your hand if you repeat those vows. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? I see that hand. Thank you. Yeah. I tell you what, when I married Cindy, I wanted to tell the world. And when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior the same way, thank you. You can put those hands down. 
I'm going to ask you to do something bold there. Ministers here that want to talk with you about the decision that you just made. They want to celebrate with you. Will you come forward and talk with them? Now, church family, you've been praying for revival. That means you've got to let go. It's the easiest thing for you to do is stand right there in, by that chair, but you've got to let go and let God move. Let Him have that word of encouragement. Holy Spirit's already doing it. Holy Spirit's already saying, let's move, let's move, let's move. Church family, it's time to move forward. Are you ready to move forward? Father, we thank you for this time, this word that you've given us. Use it, Father, to strengthen this church family. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.